Good morning, Rokugan! It's your pincer pal Bayusha Bayushi here just after the Kiku Matsuri. Let's check on our morning weather. Yep, it's hot and shitty with a high chance of hot and shitty later on. With the card game kicking into gear here, deck building is on the move. Kakita, how's the build going? You have to feel your deck, you have to want it, you have to ship your deck and make it into a thing. Sounds like advice to me, K-Man. In other news, the Emperor's decision regarding Mishudo has been announced, with the Unicorn Clan sending someone to teach the Imperials all about it. Let's check in with our man on the horse, Shinjo. I'm ready. Put me in there, coach. I got this. That's great, Shinjo. What's the feeling like amongst the Unicorn now? They want Mishudo. I'm going to show them we know Mishudo. Roku gone. Roku. Thanks for the insight, Chinjo. Oh, wait, I think we managed to catch word from the Phoenix in this momentous, mystical decision. Let's cut straight to a sour. I have absolutely no comment to make. Now get out of my way. I need a nap. Well, thanks all the same, Asawa. Let's slide into something a little less hectic. Here's a neat little number from Tobin and the Heatstrokes called The Art of Warcast. Hit it. This is The Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 11, Good Morning Rokugan. All right, welcome. My name's Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. And I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Our post-Gen Con episode. We'll discuss what we did, how we did, and what fun we had. We'll discuss Tears of Amaterasu, our world's plans, the nature of LCG core sets, and last but not least, listener questions. And who boy, are there some doozies. All right. So, first off, we want to welcome those of you who may have listened to our clan reviews and just heard those as our, the, your first bit into this podcast. Um, again, my name's Tobin Lowe's. We have a special guest with us today, a uh, friend of all of ours. Uh, Jason Wallace. Hey, hey, Jason, how you doing? Pretty good. Glad Pretty to be good. back. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, so just give you a little bit of background. We, have, we are LCG players. Carl is a game player extraordinaire, right? <laughs> no? Wow, okay. Well, you, well, work you at do a, work in you a work game shop. You work at a cafe. Say, you a, play a, a lot of these games. According to the um, current um, climate, I'm apparently what is now becoming a game sommelier. Somalia, yes. yeah. There you go. There you go. Very that, nice. That makes me kind of nice. worried, but there we go. There you go. Is there like a training thing that goes with that, or anything like that, or do you get like any fancy? I like, think I need a longer beard to be hipster enough, but otherwise, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, your, yeah. your beard is too well trimmed for that. This is true. This is this is very true. <laughs> so, in the interest of welcoming some, uh, welcoming any new listeners that are uh, tuning in, why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves just a little bit, give a little bit of our gaming background, whatever else you want to share. Doug, why don't you go first? All right. Well, uh, I'm Doug Keister. And I've been a gamer all my life. I started role-playing when I was uh, seven years old. So, and I played, you know, board games, card games, everything, video games. I grew up with an Atari 2600. I had the Nintendo, the classic Nintendo Entertainment System. So my, t- my whole life has been games as one my major hobby. Uh, got into LCGs with Netrunner in, about 20, in early 2013. And I've been, you know, really playing that as sort of my main gaming uh, for a couple of years now. Carl? I'm Carl Anderton. I'm, as I said, the game sommelier. Extraordinaire, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I, I work at the Haunted Game Cafe. I spend a lot of my time selling board games, card games, and tabletop to people. Um, I've been gaming for about as long as these guys here. Uh, Netrunner's my first major card game as well. 
Uh, done a lot of the LCG and kept up with that a long time. I was through the entire life of Conquest, as short and fiery yep. as it was. Yep. That's a Warhammer 40k Conquest, the LCG. Um, I play everything you can think of. I was largely a miniatures guy originally, a lot of a role player. And this is the LCG here was my uh, first touching upon the Legend of the Five Rings setting. Um, my name's Tobin Lopez. I have been playing card games since uh, the mid-90s. I started with Magic, as many of us probably did. I uh, moved to Vitas and Netrunner. Vitas, formerly Jihad, with a Y. And then Vitas, which is Vampire the Eternal Struggle. Don't forget I, to mention classic Netrunner. I played, yeah, I played the first Netrunner game, <coughs> the Watsi version of the Netrunner game. So the one that had no factions, had no identities. It's just Psycho Tycho and and... I've got a rock and all those classic 90s art stuff. And you uh, were a world champion, weren't you? I was. Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I get I blush a little bit whenever that comes 1999, up. 1999, right? No, 1998. 1998, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was done over, that was done over what's now commonly known as IRC, or it was known then as IRC, but it's like the skeletal version of the chat room nowadays. Yeah, Discord and stuff so, like that has sort of taken its yeah, place. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and, and uh, I'm a professor of education at the Colorado State University, and I've been playing, and like, like Carl, I played Netrunner, I played uh, Conquest, we started a podcast on Conquest, which is how we kind of got to this podcast, and we've been playing L5R, so, and then Jason here is a buddy of all of ours, and a regular player with us, why don't you go ahead and tell him a little bit about yourself, Jason Wallace. Sure. <coughs> Uh, said my name is Jason Wallace. I've been a gamer all my life, similar to Doug. Uh, played card games with my grandparents in their bar when I was five years old. I, I remember playing solitaire. Nice. <laughs> you have a beer with them too? <laughs> no, Shocking. but I got a lot of secondhand smoke growing up. <laughs> ah, it, it, was, it was great. <laughs> that explains I had to go a few things. For that. That, 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 not a few, Doug. That explains <laughs> a whole. I'm just glad we could clear the air with that. So <laughs> this is welcome, welcome to the abused Jason Hour. <laughs> the reason why you shouldn't smoke, Jason Wallace. <laughs> All right, that's right. <laughs> that's the reason I have the least amount of hair, and I'm the youngest out of all of us, I believe. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I'm afraid both maybe of those so. facts are correct. <laughs> You're on my lawn. Get off. Of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, you know, then like everyone else, Magic came out. I played that for a while. Uh, then I actually played the original L5R CCG as a Naga player, and then when they went away, I said, screw you, AEG, and left the game. Then went to RPGs and console games on and off, and a few years ago, my wife uh, introduced me to Tobin at Total Escape Games and this Android Netrunner game, and I was like, ah, I don't want to play card games. I'm not going to go into that CCG model, but it's like, oh, well, LCGs, it's affordable. It's nice, and I've been playing Netrunner... For what four years now? Uh, How long have been around? More than four. No, no, no. Three and a half now. Three and a half. You've been. You just crossed your three-year mark. Okay. Because I started playing in 2013. It's now 2017. So I've been playing for four years. Yeah. Yeah. The the years just start to blend together now with the game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were two cycles in. Yeah. Yeah. You were. I started right before Lunar Cycle. Right before Lunar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. During that downtime, and then, you know, won the Billings Regional earlier this year. Been playing that competitively. Played a lot of Conquest uh, until that went away, and. And now I'm all in with L5R like the rest of us. So, so here's one for you. So you played the L5R CCG, and mm-hmm. now FFG have released an L5R LCG. 
and Tobin played the original Netrunner CCG, and and a little while ago, um, FFG released a Android Netrunner LCG. So yes. <laughs> this is getting familiar from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> one of the games that I played in the '90s was the CCG called Heresy. Oh right, right, right. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's one for L- for uh, fantasy. Oh my to pick god! Out. Yeah. The art for that one was amazing. Well, that was that was basically the excuse for the game, right? Oh they yeah, said, totally. They said we're g- we have a lot of great art. Let's make a card game so we can print all this stuff. Full bleed, tarot sized cards. cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind awesome. of the opposite of the standard. We want to make a card game. Let's get some photographs from an existing IP, like a film or a TV show. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, we're gonna make a bunch of art. Then we're gonna try and monetize that art through a card game. And maybe to go with that trend that Carl's pointing out, maybe they'll go with an L5R. RPG because that's what Doug played in the 90s. Oh yeah, they, oh, you, I yeah, did yeah. play the L5R RPG for a while in the 90s and loved it. First edition was great. Got out of it around third edition because reasons. <laughs> 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 I didn't like where the game was going. The long and short. Like and game, yeah, game wise so or nar- narrative wise. And I'm pretty sure that FFG is going to make oh, an yeah. L5R role playing game because Steve Horvath has said they didn't buy L5R just to make a card game. Well, yeah. they have. They have. Made another one. They announced Battle of Rokugan or Battle, Battle for Rokugan. Rokugan. So they've yeah. officially, so so one can actually say that there's a less than a there's a non-zero amount percent that they've done all they're going to do with L five R, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they've they've satisfied the we've done more than a card game. No, that that, uh, that, yeah. that joke they've, is falling flat. Everyth- in this they room. everything wow. that omitted that the Genesis <laughs> system coming up will be the L five R one. But anyway, yeah, yeah, different yeah. different okay, discussion. So let's move on. Let's t- talk a little bit about the game. And what we experienced at Gen Con, it was an exciting time. So there were there were some listener questions that asked us how we did, what we did, how we you know da, 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 what we thought. So we'll get to those and we'll tease those out as they come up. First of all, all four of us went. Carl, it was your first time at this Gen Con mm-hmm. at, at convention. Yeah, it was the fiftieth. It was bigger, sold out. Every there were signs. The tickets are sold out. The Whoop. dealer hall was huge. Yeah, oh the, dealer was was big. the dealer hall is intruding itself onto the event hall space. Before it was long, the dealer hall amazing. is going to take up the entire. It's just all Gen Con's going to be the exhibit hall. That's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, and Lucas Oil Field is where all the events will be held because the ICC will be just all dealer hall. Well, there yeah. was events yeah. at Lucas Stadium this year. Right? Yeah, so for oh, sure. But we're all probably be out there. <laughs> Crazy. Sure. I would say I am. Um, I was fortunate enough out of the three, four of us to get in on the um, on the early access pass as, as uh, my press pass. Which right. Trust right. me, guys. That shocked me as much as it would shock you. Yeah. Um, for those <laughs> for those podcasters who are listening, try. You never know. There, it, you will can get a press pass for free. One of you can get a press pass for free for each podcast you do, as long as yep. it's a. Uh, as long as it's a verified podcast on a topic. Yeah, yep. I, I walked. I walked to the impress room past the um, team confident guys at the front of the queue, <laughs> and got yep. in behind Beasts of War for any minutes players, and went, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the crazy bit talking about dealer hall is went in at nine a.m. Thursday morning. There's about a thousand of us plus, and easily. that's the best part. You yeah. get a free piece. You get yeah. a free pass. Free piece. Free <laughs> free piece of pass, and then you get access. One hour earlier to the dealer floor. I'm yep. sitting That's here wondering awesome. what's on your mind tonight. Free <laughs> uh, piece, piece free of what? piece of pass. Yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying. Well, yep, I, I, we marched on in. We <laughs> filled the place out as best we could of about a thousand of us. Um, I went straight to the FFG stuff. Got in line. Got my tickets for copies of L5R. Got to the end. Had ten minutes remaining in the hour before everyone else came in, and then couldn't leave the dealer hall. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't possible anymore due to these swarms of incoming geeks. <laughs> the running of the geeks. That's so what it is. Right? For poor Carl, it was impressive. impressive. I was on the phone to my wife, by the way. I was saying, I was on the phone to my wife, going, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave because ah." (laughs) (laughs) 
so the rest of us, Jason and Doug and I had the uh, distinct pleasure of being judges. Oh, I'd say um, it, it was so fun. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really good. So we so we started actually working at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, we started at nine o'clock in the morning day. on Thursday as judges. It, first things, you know, first things first, we kind of oriented ourselves with what we'd be doing. The FFG had hired a, uh, a third party to run the Kiko Matsuri. So, and this third party had experience with Magic the Gathering, large Grand Prix tournaments, and they were not prepared for the insanity that is L5R. And so, I don't think I, anybody was prepared for the insanity that was that. That's been documented. Tournament. Yeah. The real hang up there was that they were used to DCI. So, instead mm -hmm. of. Instead of a person coming up and registering and saying, hey, this is my number, this is my name, and they 10-key in a DCI number, mm -hmm. confirm that the name was there, and go. And so registration took seconds. Now they're typing in entire names for people. Yeah. And that took a long time. And as it's been documented in other places, we, didn't, we planned to start around two with gameplay. I think it started around four. Yeah. Um, we, sh we should No, it was actually supposed to start at one, and it ended up starting at like three. Okay. The first okay. round started at three. We okay. should clarify for people, the uh, DCI Tobin's talking about there is a integral system run by Wizards of the Coast for the Magic the Gathering card game, which basically does a lot of the organizational problems, gets a lot of the organizational problems in running a tournament you would have out of the way. It's so basically a player database. Up, yeah, yeah, these guys turned up with support, they with a lack of support they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. and yeah, this is something that I've been saying for a long time that Fantasy Flight needs to do for the LCGs. They need to implement some sort of system like DCI. Yeah, but to be fair, Wizards have been trying to perfect it for decades. And so yes, Wizards have been at it for a long time. They they're, they they're the ones who are doing it the best because they've been doing it the longest. Exactly so. Yeah. Exactly so. But we judged Thursday. We helped mm. hand out product. We I didn't get a chance to. I, we saw kind of the end of the parade because uh, we were. Well, busy I lugging I stuff out. I so. through, through just accident, I ended up being standing behind the drummers that Very they cool. had at the Kiku. Very cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got so I got to see a bunch of stuff, and it was like you know Steve Horbath was off to my right as he was you know standing in front of the the, the Mon banners, you know uh -huh. talking to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, standing at the front of that, as everybody was standing up doing the Oots Banzai. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Just shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have to get this one in. Um, Seven hundred players, support staff from FFG. Hangers on have to take it up to near to a thousand, and a thousand people opening up with the banzai chant. It was like we the were shaking the tables. Shook. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, it was, it was very cool. And and, and cool. me standing behind the drummers at the front of that hall, where everybody, the seven hundred people are facing towards me. <laughs> this, I mean, it it shook me like physically. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, awesome. It was it was it, it was, was it was an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we spent you know we spent uh, a large part of that day on our feet. Fourteen and a half uh, hours. Yeah, for yeah. me anyway. running around. I, uh, Doug and Doug and Jason logged a, a lot more hours than I did. I uh, I was dumb and I stayed and I and I opted to stay to the end. I could have gotten out early, but I opted to stay to the end. Yeah, my yeah. mistake. My uh, they wouldn't let me stay. I, <laughs> I was I going a little too crazy <laughs> for them. <laughs> <laughs> I was released at nine. It was it was a wonderful thing. I went out and had a cigar. Took everybody's stuff, which weighed like thirty pounds. <laughs> I, I walked a mile and a half to the car. Walked a mile and a half back. But on the way back, I had my cigar in my mouth. So I was much more pleasant to be around. I at was that thinking point. I, was I was still was playing. Yeah, you were playing because <laughs> you, you played it. Yeah, so you played in the Kiku Matsuri. Yeah. Right, right. You're right. Nine o'clock. I mean, I, this is the fun thing about an event like that at Gen Con. No concept of time. We're mm -hmm. locked inside a stone building for. 
the lights are consistent. Yeah, yeah, you go, oh, what time is it? And you're like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock is just a number. No yeah, one, there are no windows. <laughs> no one's going for meals at a particular time. It's There's Vegas. Nothing like that. Right, so. it's Las it, Vegas. Oh, yeah, it's Atlantic no City, that kind of thing. It was bizarre. So now you say that, 9 o'clock. I was playing the card game, wasn't I? I had yeah. no clue. Yeah. Now, as a result of that Kikomatsuri, there were 20-ish Haramotos came out of there, and they decided, they had the storyline decision to... Uh, as we heard in our radio broadcast earlier this episode, they chose to keep Meishoto, to not ban it, and yes, to have and Meishoto be shared with from the Unicorn Clan to the Sapoon, to the Hidden Guard. Yes. Yeah, the, right? the Spoon Guards, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, which are part of the Imperial family. And uh, there are two short stories, there's the pre and the post, that are mm-hmm. up on FFG's website. If you want to read the... The story that goes along with the storyline choice, and then on Friday, so that was that wore us out. Like th- oh, it was, gosh. it was a long day. I think we got back to the hotel like one, if we're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I had, I had just enough time to shower and then flop into bed. Yep, yep. That was most evenings, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, that but was most evenings. You guys, you guys were actually kind of saying, were kind of <laughs> saying about it. I was the one who was really freaking crazy because I uh, I had judged on Friday. Yeah. 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 Which so was the, a 12 and a half hour day. Right. So then on <laughs> Friday, Jason, you played in Netrunner a couple of rounds. Nope. A round or two. I, I played a round and dropped. <laughs> <laughs> played a round and dropped because he's like, nah, I got to play L5R. Yep. So then you played L5R. You and I played L5R. Carl. Hung, hung around for a day. Yeah. Hung around. <laughs> did some, yeah, did some yeah, dealer floor walking. Yeah. Trying to find people to play Dragonfire. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, so, but Jason and I played in the um, Friday tournament, whatever the Gen Con the competitive tournament. I think tournament. It was just, yeah, I think the it's what they labeled tournament. it. Yeah, they call mm-hmm. it. I think they just call it the competitive tournament. Um, yeah. yeah, I played some amazing folks. Uh, round one, I played Robert, who was playing Crab, and I played a Scorpion. I played single single Scorpion, uh, allied with Dragon for Let Go because that's it's a good card in a single course, especially. Notice that Tobin still hasn't chosen a clan. I folks. have not. I have <laughs> not. So so round one, I played Robert. He was playing Crab. He came from, he, he had an Australian accent. So he's like, yeah, I'm from Australia. And I'm like, oh, well, you traveled a long way for Gen Con. He's like, well, I actually came from San Francisco. And I'm like, so you're obviously Australian. So uh, and so he's been living in San Francisco for you for a few years, but I got a stronghold win there. Where, yeah. where, where are you from? It's like uh, I'm from Fort Collins. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. And I, I'm not British, but I live in Fort Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fly from England to yeah, be here yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this and happens. I did. I did share that with him. I was like, I, 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 I'm buddies with a guy who lives in Colorado, but he's from the UK. He's like, oh, okay. And but yeah, no big uh, anyhow, I, I played Robert first round. Uh, I beat him through. Stronghold win. I played Christopher, who was a Dragon Hatamoto, so I got my first Hatamoto pin. That was awesome, I got to say. That was wonderful. Uh, Chris uh, was playing Phoenix, and I got a timed concession win. He was going to take off. I had the tiebreaker, so he just, when time was called, he conceded. Uh, That was grateful to him. Matt Phillips played Crab. I got, uh, I had a tiebreaker loss. That Crab, I tell you, man, Crab is, Crab is a tar pit. We said it, we've said it several (laughs) times. Holy moly, if it, especially in single court. Just, whoa. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I played uh, played by a gentleman by the name of Danny Habes, who played Dragon, and I think I got a stronghold win, although I don't know for sure. I played uh, John Palmer. Crane, he played Crane, and I, tiebreaker lost to him. He beat me out, I think, on honor. I think he got the honor and the imperial favor, and, and he beat that out. But I went, so I'm going into the round seven. I'm four and two. It's, this is it. If, if I don't win this, 
I don't get into the top 32. And I played Joe Habes, and he's, he's a crab, Hatamoto. And I got a stronghold win out of it. And that was uh, a great game that I played with Joe. Uh, some of you may know Joe. He's a uh, frequenter on the boards. That was, it was a wonderful, engaging game. And it sucks that one of us had to lose. Uh, <laughs> but I, I made top 32. And not, not only did I make top 32, I made top 16. I was the 16th going into second day. And then I lost to Phoenix Dishonor. <laughs> I, lost, I got dishonored out uh, to a Phoenix player. And unfortunately, I can't remember his name. Um, because, you know, as, as these things are, you lose in the top 32. You're like, okay, I'm done. And Bye. then I took off. <laughs> <laughs> but I had – that was a long day, too. Yeah, it was. It was fun. I, both Thursday and Friday were fun for me. I, I, I did flub a, uh, more than a, a few calls, but, you know. They Judge. <laughs> Judge. <laughs> I was seeing phantom hands going up in the air. And I could, and I, and every time someone at a different table, like over at the X-wing tables or something like that, would call judge, my my head would whip around. It's like, it was, yeah, it was. I, I it was, got surreal at a point. I was sat there going, "Hey, Doug. Hey, Jason. Hey, Tobin. Judge over there." <laughs> it, was, it was it was that busy. You know? Yeah, oh, it yeah. was it was insane. It was uh, now it calmed down in the Kikomatsuri. The 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 judging was just frenetic those first two rounds, but you oh, get yeah. to round four. Around five, things start slowing down. Things start getting more consistent. Players start remembering the rulings and so on and so forth. The the one that we probably did the most, we compared no deaths after the fact. Endless Plains, which <laughs> is the unicorn <laughs> stronghold, yeah. the unicorn province, province. that yep. you, when revealed, you can break it to have the opponent choose an opponent and discard that. Choose Have your opponent choose a character and discard that character. And remember, folks, that the action window... Of the, uh, for, uh, during the conflict, continues even after the the owner of Endless Plains chooses to break it. Right, right. Yeah. So that was yeah. the big question: is if there's no one left, does combat still happen? Conflict still happen? And yet the answer yeah. is yes. Conflict to me, conflict characters make that clear. That's the case. We start a conflict. Somehow mm -hmm. there's no one left. Well, mm -hmm. I can play dudes, can I? Yeah, yep. and yeah. you can announce defenders and win the ring for yourself. Yeah, and so exactly. on. And so yeah. You, you so. can yeah. still declare defenders. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. One of the issues that came up, the the clear issue that we and we've discussed this ad nauseum amongst ourselves, was especially on Friday, is the tiebreakers, uh, right? The end yeah. of game scenario, and we've discussed this a little bit. But here's what happens, folks: it's you you call time on this game, right? And when you call time in Netrunner, the current player finishes their turn, and then the other player takes one turn, and then that's it. You count up stuff. It takes a few minutes. Sometimes if there's a lot of math involved, it might take up to 10. But those are very, very, very rare cases. Mm -hmm. In Conquest, you call around time. You finish that round. It usually maybe might involve two or three combats. There's not a lot of stuff. You, you there's very rarely took more than five minutes to finish. In this, if you, finish, if you call time in a round during the first conflict or during the draw phase or during the dynasty phase, the next... 30 minutes can be taken up by players trying to finish the game. Well, and so, because huh, I'm the one who dealt with this the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, so Fantasy Flight was trying something new with the tiebreakers this time. Was, I think it was new. Uh, they wanted to try and preserve strength of schedule, which is an important thing when you're doing Swiss pairings and the way that Fantasy Flight's tournaments work. Strength of schedule is an important thing. Right. And you have to preserve it if you can. So they were really trying to find a way to have a, a tiebreaker that preserves strength of schedule and it also has a little bit of flavor for L5R. So during the Kiko Matsuri, it was just if you go to time, you calculate points, and it was uh, two points per, per province break. 
Two points for whoever has the favor. Is honored most. Is honored oh yeah, most. it's honored. Yeah, two points for whoever's honored, and then uh, one, one point, point the for favor. the for the whoever has the favor. So someone, you know, at, and so that was it. You just you stop, you calculate points, and then you're done. For the Friday tournament, it was, it was kind of an involved process. So you, when time's called, you stop play, and you make a quick determination of whether or not you wish to concede. The the and the first player, whoever has the first player token, had the first chance to concede. If no one concedes, the the rules specifically stated, no one is allowed to concede after this point. Right. Which. I had a little bit of an issue with, but... Well, you say preservation of strength is scheduled, but... Yeah, it is. So then you do a a calculation, that that same calculation... Of the tiebreakers points. Of the the tiebreaker points. And if someone has five points over their opponent, they win. Full win and... and Game over. Game over done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If no one has five points, then you finish out the round... And it's hard to get five points, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. No you way. have to. You have to have, it, and it's five sh- points over your opponent, not yeah. just five yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you exactly. have to have two stronghold breaks above them, a or minimum. be more honorable yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and have the the favor. That's the tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you do, so after that point, you finish out the round through the uh, the resolution phase, and then you do the calculation again. Whoever has the most points after that after that calculation. Gets a modified win. Should be clear that if you if you achieve a stronghold break in the meantime, you would still get a full uh, win. Yeah, but and it was, and yes, as if, we if, said in if, single. If, call. if you win during that the playing of it out, you still get the full win. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, or so, on a dishonor. Yeah, but the like the 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 res- resolution of that took some time, especially in like the first couple of rounds as the judges were trying to figure it out along with the players. Well, right. and in addition to the first couple of rounds, the issue I had was being a judge on Thursday and then playing on Friday. I didn't know that they had changed it because I didn't hear it because that hall was loud. And was so my first, my first two games, time got called, and I thought it was going by the prior rules. And yeah. had I known that they had changed, I would have played completely differently because I ended up losing him through Dishonor those first two rounds. And then the rest of the day, except for my mirror match against Unicorn, I won the tiebreakers. So yeah. I felt kind of screwed in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and, well, and it was yeah. the there there were some issues with some with logistics and one of them was I didn't get handed that sheet till the middle of round 1. Round 1 was already going when I got handed that sheet of what the tiebreaker rules were supposed to be. So I'm sitting there trying to look for, you know, people raising their hand while I'm trying to read this piece of paper and it's like and it was a full 8.5 by 11 one side right a block of text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say as well, in, in terms of the time issue, was part of the time issue there was people encountering a very new structure for the first time. This right. concede, don't concede, make a decision, do I win, play it out, and deciding how to, on the fly, how to tactically adapt to something this was the first time they were hearing about. It. Like you say, right. not going into a game knowing, wait, I'm, I'm trying to play how exactly? Yeah, and, right. then, and then you sit and then and you realize, okay, the concession isn't going to happen. This is where the time comes in because everybody's trying to figure out if there's a way for them to win the tiebreaker mm-hmm. and they're right. counting up points and they're constantly holding that in their head while they're also trying to figure out what cards they need to play to do this that and the other thing and that's what takes the time uh, you know that's that's kind of a dead horse it's come and gone now mm-hmm. the ffg did ask for asked for judges input and said hey if you have any ideas and we we talked about this as a group over the f- next few days and i'm just going to kind of roll over kind of what we talked about go for it and we thought Adding because the concession, we the, the idea is that you ha- you have an honorable concession to your opponent. You you recognize that they're the better warrior, right? At the table. And and w- you should we should preface this a little bit because a a modified win hurts both players. Exactly. Strength of schedule. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So you 
so you have the five you, you you were assigned five tournament points for a full win, three modified for a win, zero for a loss, and zero for a concession. Honestly, mm-hmm. and so we were thinking, we thought about five trade five tournament points for a win, three tournament points for a mod win, if the win is because of tiebreakers, right? And then in order to offer an incentive to the player to concede, you offer one tournament point to that honorable concession. Mm-hmm. And and I would also like to, to add into that maybe some sort of like faction point or something like to to in slightly increase your standing with your with your clan. Absolutely, if they're keeping track yeah. of that. Yep. Just to make it to make to make it thematic, to make it to make it honorable, to make it a part of the game, to make give people a reason to concede. Right. And so we are thinking about and and then that gets to this idea of clan honor. Right, so if you win, whether it's normal through tiebreakers, your clan you get three clan honor. If you have a modified win, you get two clan honor. If you make an honorable concession, you get one clan honor. So, in those that clan honor mechanic is yes is another statistic to track, but well, you track that over track s- of store championships and so you know, on. So they forth. did do clan standings for the Kikumatsuri mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for the the Friday tournament. Absolutely, so, right. Yeah. So you know, that this could the, the tiebreaker rules could you know dovetail with that by doing this, mm-hmm. yeah. and that would make it you know give people well you know it's a possibility that I could win, but I'm sucking hind tit here, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to concede. Right, right. So and if yeah. you concede, you get one tournament point. So the individual, so you're so you're in, so you're incentivizing the individual player. You're incentivizing the clan, and you're, so you're incentivizing the people that are there and feel a real kinship to the clan and loyalty to their clan, and they're getting that across. Yeah. And so it's a two pronged approach, right? That's uh, that's what our thinking was. With a little structural tweak uh, to how they run the tournaments, you could simply go by clan standing based on points earned. In which case, giving a point for a concession is simply I'm going to lose anyway. So if I concede now, at least my point goes towards. I get one point. Instead of zero, yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. If, I, if, yeah. I, if I play it out and lose, I get zero. If I concede right now, I get a point. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to yeah. concede. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we thought, you know, push comes to shove. There, that might still take some time, but as you know, maybe maybe an additional thing. You say, okay, now we've given you two minutes. You get we call time. Mm-hmm. You get two minutes to come to this concession or not concession, and then you have five more. And yeah. whenever whatever happens at five minutes, when we ring this bell. The tiebreakers are counted. It doesn't matter if you're between conflicts, in in a conflict, whatever. I mean, that's kind of a harsh thing, but that's what that would incentivize the concession. That incentivizes mm-hmm. the people to come to a strong conclusion and maybe play a little bit faster. Yes, maybe it has riddled with mistakes, mm-hmm. but you got to do something because yeah. that if you call time at 55 minutes and then it takes another 20 minutes to resolve or more three <laughs> or four games yeah. and you're making 300 people wait and, and we Whoa. were we were really trying to the, for those people who went over time there was a judge sitting with them we were trying to get them to play faster you know get it done let's let's you know move on because we need to get down get to the next round yeah yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we should make clear as well obviously as an outsider i was seeing this and you guys working in the judging were seeing it just as much when we were playing or not that at least part of that was unfamiliarity both with the game and the tournament structure these True. games will get faster but we still have a time issue they will fight. get faster be, as people learn you know the, t- the tournament structure and this was like ru- this was tiebreaker rules 1.0 they're a good start mm-hmm. i will i will i want to say that loud and clear I don't know, no bones about it. The the tiebreaker rules were a good, f- solid start for for this game. Right. So you know, good on Fantasy Flight for coming up with something interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It there, it's just there there it, there's a ki- there are kinks to be work, worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um you never played through Conquest. Conquest had um 
end game rules in like four sets, three sets, something like that across yeah, across yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. So this is not a new changing it is not a new thing for them. But right. the, the the way of doing it like three different ways almost across the weekend was the was the weird part. Yeah. Yeah. We were the guinea pigs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, as a res- as a result of those games and people could earn so in order to earn a Hanamoto title Kikumatsu you had to go undefeated mm-hmm. and in order to earn the Hanamoto title on Friday you had to be the top two of your clan mm-hmm. so some people earned it uh, again uh, but I'd, I'd actually I think the numbers were pretty limited I was the fourth scorpion <laughs> at 16 Jason was the fourth unicorn and you were what 87th I was either fourth or fifth unicorn but I, I was 60 or 70th place. Okay, yeah. But I went four and three on the day. I, I, I had a winning record, but because my string of schedule was atrocious, I ended up way down below where uh, other people with the same track record had like 30 points above me, and it was just because of a better string of schedule. So I won yeah. one game more than you. Right. And there was like 50 places between the two of us. Yeah. Wow. And now yeah. you understand why strength of schedule is important. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. And again, like with the first couple of rounds, if we had known how that worked, I might not have finished so warbly because I would have played <laughs> yeah. differently. <laughs> hey, mistakes were made, yeah. and yep. you know it, it's it's a new game, new tournament structure, and it's it's going to get better. Worlds will be better. So, uh, as a result of that Friday tournament, those two those Hanamotos then were able to select the roles for their respective clans in order of t- top. Top uh, finisher rank, yep, yeah, yeah. Top, top so plan. there, all the keepers were chosen. Two seekers were chosen. If you want to see those role assignments, and these are for organized play only. It's important to stress that if you if you're playing casually around the kitchen table at your game store with your friends, do whatever you want to do with your roles. Whole, play with them if you want to be thematic. Play and, with and all and six all of them at the same time. Like <laughs> twenty five influence. No, Is no, that a, no. Okay, no. all right, <laughs> all right. No. That, that's okay, okay. Don't confused. break the rules of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doug's just what planet confused. are you from? <laughs> just being silly. Being silly. Hi, he had too much crab he's in from, the day. He's from the planet Hyperbole in the system. I've had more sugar statement. in the last three hours than I've had in the entire like week. I guess oh, we should that mention explains it. We're, 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 we're um, recording in the Haunted Game Cafe at the moment. So yes, I, that's true. I should not have bought him that drink. <laughs> but as a result of those... One of the interesting things, there was were posted on FFG's organized play site, so you can go see those there. But they put a rule in because they saw that all five keepers were chosen, so now right, they have this, a rule. And this was a rule yes. post-Gen Con that they put this in place, so it'll, it'll ha- it will be in place for Worlds and, and on. Yeah, and, and it's a limit of four. for. So once the fourth seeker or keeper gets chosen, the remaining three clans cannot choose... Whichever is broken the limit. The fifth. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. whichever the fifth is. So Oh, and I was wrong. Remember how I predicted that September 7th would be the release date? And that's why we planned to record this. Once again, this well, opens raw. To be fair, tonight. I predicted it? that for you. Because yeah, I, was, oh, okay, I was basing yeah. it on the um, L5 Ironhead event yeah. in, in the UK. In the UK. And that would have been the second. And so I was thinking they would drop it just after that to be the, the seventh being the weekend well, after that. It's gracious of you to take the hit there, Carl. But you could bet your ass if I would have been right, I would have taken a lot of the credit. <laughs> and I would have given some of it to you. There you go. But I got to take go. the hit because I was wrong. It's unfortunately, it's, it is October 5th. That just means mm-hmm. we just got to wait a little bit longer. They, there yeah, are launch programs. There's launch kits. Check out all the social media. Holy moly! There's it's, it seems to be everywhere. If you're in Colorado, we will be having launch events at some of the game stores. Yeah, yep. yeah. October. And 8th. we have a, we have a question. 
Yes, uh, there, we have a question from a listener. We'll, we'll get to this. But Fort Collins is considered civilization, although it is at the edge of civilization. There will be uh, launch events at Total Escape Games, I think Wizard's Chest, Haunted Game Cafe. Edge of Civilization has a name. It's Cheyenne. Enchanted Grounds. Enchanted Grounds. Southampton, Colorado Springs. is BFE? Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. At least they're not Wyoming. I would say as well that amongst us and other people, there are copies of the game floating around. Oh, absolutely. If you make it to Fort Collins, we can demo the game for you. If you make it to Total Escape, we can demo the game for you. Um, I ran into Jason Zimmerman from Patrice Games in Colorado Springs. You can demo yeah, the game Jacob, for yep. so, yeah. Well, he's actually within Chenna Grounds in South Denver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he oh, can, he can, we can demo the, yeah, and oh. we'll be running demos on Wednesday nights. Sorry, sorry, man. Two core sets. <laughs> so, yeah, look out for those. And if you're looking for a launch event, there's, there's posts on Reddit. There are posts on, f- I think people are collecting them on f- local Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Watch your stores. It's too late, unfortunately, for the stores to order them at this point, mm-hmm. but hopefully a local store near you has done that, and you'll be able to participate. Also, as an informational there, if um, if a store did not get the launch event, unfortunately, it will not be able to do these two events after that either, since those three events are right. a combined kit. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. The next big piece of news is Worlds. 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 Yeah. So Worlds, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. Time kind of rushes up on me. It was last week. They announced that Worlds uh, the and the opportunity to go to Worlds would be a lottery system. So you register. There were some problems with registration, so they extended the registration period to Thursday, this past Thursday morning. I had no problems registering. <laughs> yeah, well, la- oh, later, yeah, later in the email, later in the, earlier this week, there Over were the Labor Day weekend, a lot of people codes, could yeah. not even get on the system at all. Really? Yeah. 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 Like as soon as I saw the email, like, was it Wednesday when it came out? I forget exactly what yeah. day it was. But like, I guess it was down all day on Labor Day. I, like, sent mine. I got mine in right away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there were some problems. So they extended it another 24 hours. And then people were notified today uh, whether they won the lottery or not. And so I had the opportunity to both get into L5R1B. Uh, Doug, you got into... 1A. 1A. Jason is shaking his head at me, but I couldn't afford to go anyway, so don't worry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I may not be able to afford to go either, so Ouchie. that remains to be seen. Ouchie. Yeah. So yeah. I got I won the lottery, but I may have to I may have to not give my ticket. Yeah, not, not, that's yeah, true. I may have to give my ticket that's away. True. Wait, it goes. I am so at least guaranteed to go for Netrunner with my buy from regionals. winning regionals. Yeah. But well, so you'll, so I really want to do L five R. There'll be some L five R open play. I think on was it Wednesday? Yes. Well, so hopefully, Doug, you will be able to go. But for those that don't aren't able to register, those of us that didn't win have another chance in a couple weeks. Right. Of course. Yes. So for so. those of you, who d- those people who don't exercise their lottery pick, as it were, to purchase a ticket for yeah, w- whatever reason, we have till nine a.m. Central Time on the nineteenth of September to yeah. choose whether or not. So right, right. After that deadline passes, whatever tickets weren't bought will go back into a pool and be redistributed. Some like I guess another lottery. Yep. Another lottery. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. So good luck to those people who didn't get in the first round. Hope you get in for the second round. <laughs> I just say as well, it's nice of them to call it a lottery this time, rather than <laughs> Gen Con pretending, as it were. You know. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's reasonable. I, I've been, and I was saying on the drive up here, I've been very blessed because I got into Netrunner last year with the nightmare scenario that that was. Oh, I got into yeah. Conquest last year with the nightmare because that's that's a whole other different type of lottery, right? That's a well, lottery. Last year in Conquest, you were reserved a spot. You won a regional. Oh, that's true. 
But still the Netrunner one. The Netrunner one. Still the Netrunner still one. The Netrunner yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Fantasy Flight, their games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and so they are having growing pains with yep. how they do these things. They'll get yep. it figured out. It, yep. it gets better every year. So, And we're not competing with well, Star Wars this year, so oh, that, yeah, that's definitely The splitting off of all the Star Wars events to the separate one was a great idea. And this has been mentioned on other podcasts and, and, and various other things, but we learned that this is the single, the, the Gen Con 704-person tournament, and I w- have to say that I know of one person, and maybe Doug knows of another few people, but I only know of one person who said, I'm taking my corset and I'm leaving. So my so guess is that 690-plus well, people played in that first round. I was, I, was sta- I, was at flight, I was in flight control when they finished registration. The flight control is the big front booth where Fantasy Flight has all the, the operations for the tournaments. Uh, I was standing in flight control when they finished the the registration for the Kiku Matsuri, and if I remember correctly, the the guy who was you know responsible for you know they had they had a holdout line for that was like several oh right 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 they had yeah. a, they had a holdout line yeah 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 that that stretched across several of the tables there because people were just there they had people sit down for the holdout line. As soon as it was time for the holdout line to come up, the first person in the holdout line's like, "Well," and the guy and the guy who was doing registration said. All seven hundred seats are filled. All seven hundred four. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were no. Oh wow. Okay. If I remember correctly, there were no holdout line people allowed to play. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So and uh, now it did drop off fairly quickly after round one. Well, yeah. 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 But but part of it was logistics. It was part of it was just people wanted their core set. Some people Uh, just wanted to eat. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. So that was the single largest event that FFG had put on. It was the single largest official Gen Con event ever, ever. in right. 50 was years. There, really? there, there wow. was one larger tournament. It was a Magic Grand Prix, but it was not held as part of Gen Con. It was just held on the same weekend as Gen Con in Indianapolis. Right. So it doesn't count wow. as being the largest Gen Con tournament ever. It was like a thousand-person Grand Prix. Right. Yeah. But it was not an but official part Gen of Gen Con. Con. Right. Yeah. So this was the, the largest ter- tournament that Gen Con has ever held. Within Gen Con, so props to those of you, props to those people. From who what were I've there. been told, it was also a special, special time, special oh time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was talking with Brad Reeves of the Call Out Information Network. Great guy, by the way. You should definitely listen to his content. It was nice to meet you, Brad. Uh, and he was telling me that, if, uh, according to his recollection, because he played the CCG, that this was the also the largest L5R tournament ever. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's true too. Crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and it's it was. And that's, you know, we had discussed whether or not we wanted to play in it because we, we were asked if we wanted to be judges. And we kind of looked at each other over the course of a few weeks, talked with, talked about it, and we thought it would be more fun to be part of the judging. And it was, I have to say. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. It was hard. It was like a grueling weekend for me. Oh, no, yeah. But yeah. it was awesome. I, yeah. I normally get paid to judge things, so you guys are welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, more, more importantly there, um, Doug touches on a good point, which was I don't think I dealt with a unpleasant or bad person throughout those three days in terms of L5R. Um, I may have taught a game on my first one. Apologies to my opponent, but that's pretty much how it went. Um, you know, people were learning. The community was welcoming. I was marching around in costume. I had my um, my Bayushi manipulator inspired setup, and yeah, Jason's looking at me. He wasn't a fan of the mask, but it went down well. I had a lot of people stopping me with photos, but we were welcomed in. I mean, Jason's the only one of us who was really an, a previous CCG player of any any note, and we were welcomed into a heck of a community of people. Oh, and it's it's it, so that's something else I'd like to I'd like to make a comment on quick. It's one thing to be told what a community is like; it's another thing to experience it. 
So being there for the Kiku, getting to know some of the old CCG players who have come forward and some people who have been, you know, with doing other Fantasy Flight products also, meeting Paul Steiner face-to-face, meeting Darren Walsh face-to-face, you know, Alan Kennedy, all those guys. It was great. It was wonderful. It was, it was very welcoming. And it was a great experience. Like, the, the, you can you can hear that, you know, hey, this is a welcoming community. And people are, you know, people are, you know, happy to be there and whatever else. But once you're there doing it, it's it's a totally different thing. So yep. it was it was great to experience that. You know, going into it, I wasn't sure about, you know, whether about the Utsbanzai. But hearing it, but being a part of it, it was, wow. Mm. <laughs> and to be fair... All those statements applying 10 hours into each game after, you know, round four or five and people are pretty much still cool and tired and hungry, but <laughs> still rocking on. It was it was pretty damned awesome. Well, that's something some of the other judges would, were talking to me about on the uh, initial event. It was like, these people have lost games and they're still playing in the fourth and fifth round, even though they've never won. And I'm like, this this is L5R. Welcome. Well, how, how many times did you pass by and go, oh, are you guys just playing a casual right now? Oh, cool, cool. We'll move on and judge something else. Oh, yeah. You know. that, yeah. I did that a lot. Also, some of the games that went to time, like I had one that went to time on Thursday that was at the very end of the tournament. The guys were so into it that they weren't playing for a place in anything. Right. They were playing to finish the game, and they were devoted <laughs> to the game. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and I've heard stories about people just conceding. Like they'll sit down. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I want to go. Uh, you want the win? Yeah, great. Or, or, or not even having a reason. Like they know each other, and they're like, you know what? I have my four wins. I have my plastic stronghold, whatever, and they get up and they go, and yeah. they're like, "I'll concede this to you." And so that was a that's another uh, yep. sharing of the community um, that yeah. that that is a I On think Friday, unique to L five R. I had a game that uh, the the guy wanted to leave, but he was going to win. Uh, he was he was going to win the tiebreaker points. He wanted to he didn't want to play the next day. He wanted to go. You know, and his his opponent, she wanted to play. She hadn't gotten the stronghold yet. So I'm sitting there at this table, and what they wanted to do is he wanted to, even though he was winning, he was going to win the tiebreaker. He's like, look, I would really like to concede right now because I don't want to play tomorrow. She does. I'm supposed to win this, whatever. And, you know, we worked it out, and it was, you know, we sat there, talked it out, and she we ended up, you know, she got to play. She, you know, got the stronghold that she wanted. And it was it was a great thing. It was it's just it was this it was this amicable. Let's figure this out so we both can walk away happy from this. Right, totally. right, right. Yeah, totally. Okay, that's cool. Any other thoughts about Gen Con? Final words? Monster rehab. <laughs> that's what I remember. The squishy on mats in the Fantasy Flight booth were wonderful to stand <laughs> oh, on. Yes. After standing on that hard concrete floor in the car, this is hall. judge privilege. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It was just going to the fantasy <laughs> play booth. The demo. Oh, oh the, the booth. booth. Okay. Yeah, the, the demo I, booth. Yeah, yeah. demo for four hours on yeah. Saturday, and it was a blast. Yeah, it was fair. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Lots of fun. So, w- in the in the meantime, uh, since Gen Con has ended, they've released a new piece of fiction in the Garden of Lies. Which part features one. yeah, part one of two, which features Scorpion and Dragon, and so we're gonna let part two come out before we uh, talk about that. We'll be recording every couple of weeks. My only comment is read it. Well, yeah. I would yeah, say it as well. Good. I, it was good, but they have a heck of a commercial break going on. Because <laughs> that's what they cut to. It's like, when you're ready, when you're ready, when you're ready. And then and, and they've also followed up Gen Con even before in the Garden of Lives was released. They announced Tears of Amaterasu. Bless you. As, as you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to make you say it again, Carl. I'm not going to, don't worry. Th- it's the first back in the Imperial cycle of L5R. And 
the thing that I, you know, there's some neat characters in there. There's a Yoruma, there's a dragon, there's a dragon character. One of the things that are really teased that has me thinking is the neutral provinces, the, mm -hmm. the plural that they speak about in there. So that's going to be, and the provinces are such a cornerstone thing. Right now we're locked into, you know, for the most part, you have three choices of in one element because you have a clan one, and then you have one of two choices in the other four. And, you know, maybe if you're playing the secret role, you have, you have a little bit more flexibility. But those neutral provinces are going to expand the decks. And it's just going to, those, those are like IDs. Oh, they're almost as strong as IDs in, in Netrunner. I was going to say, these are agendas. These, these now are, are good neutral okay. agendas. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way you go, ooh, I've got to think about that. Because the stronghold on. is the ID. That's, that's yeah, the yeah, correlation. Yeah, 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 right, totally. yeah. But the provinces, yeah, the syllabus more like agendas, I yeah. think. And, and you're getting more, having neutral agenda type cards that you know expand your options is going to be great. Mm -hmm. Right, and awesome. they're they're even a little bit more impactful than agendas because agendas you actually have to score sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, or they have to be accessed or something yeah. like that. Right? Well, it was a fun bit. I think one of the reviews I saw was referring to them as trap cards, other Yu-Gi-Oh, mm -hmm. which is not miles wrong. I mean, ah, some of okay. them are definitely yeah, like, yeah, yeah. ha ha, I yeah, surprise yeah. you here. Yeah, never having played Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, never uh, been near it. Trust me, but I know. What the trap <laughs> I can. One meme. thing I'd like to mention about tears and the Imperial Cycle is there was a bit of controversy about the Seeker role only cards and the Keeper role only cards. My thoughts are, these cards are cool, and I think it's great and thematic that they're tying the, the roles in closer to the game. So that if you, you know, in organized play, if you're a Seeker, that's your role that your clan has, and you're playing the Seeker card, well, you know, the, the Seeker role, you know, you, you, there are Keeper-only cards that you're just SOL on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. right. That's kind of cool, I think. Should make yeah. a good point there as well. This is this is not mine. This is totally stolen. But um, I forget <laughs> from who. But it was on Reddit. One of the guys made a comment that um, that you they mentioned the crane one. So hey, the crane's really good. But if I'm but crane's going keeper, I'm not going to use this cool seeker card or whatever, whichever way it was exactly. Then someone went yes. But the next clan down, that's running seeker, goes hmm. Now Maybe crane I'll looks more interesting as an ally. And yep. this is the dynamic. I think they're part of the game. Right, because for. they're conflict cards, yep. they're not, they, they, they might not belong to that clan, but cool. they belong to the other four or the other three. Exactly. Yeah, the so. lion one looks cool that they spoiled in the Tears uh, mm -hmm. yeah. article. Mm -hmm. Awesome piece mm -hmm. of artwork, too. So. Yeah, yeah, it is an awesome I, piece I of I was artwork. pretty happy with the unicorn <laughs> card, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Which really? one is that? The magistrate? Where oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right, right. She's oh. good. Oh, apparently, yeah. apparently, there's going to be magistrates in each of the clans. Someone was saying that on on one of those boards somewhere. Oh, it's called the Imperial Cycle. That makes sense. Makes oh, sense. Right, right, right. Imperial it's family and structure. Right. Yeah. Because so the, the, magistrates the Imperial hard. Magistrates were a thing in the in in the old game. Oh, okay. In the, in the RPG and in the CCG. Okay. And it's right. part, yeah, part of the court games that they play. And yeah, they're very high level characters. Interesting. Let's take this opportunity to talk a little bit about. LCGs and really, you know, the, the kind of the difference between one, two, and three corset. Because what I didn't mention during uh, the three, uh, the Friday tournament is the one corset, yeah. <clears throat> because we'd had the experience of, of playtesting. As I told several people. It was handcuffed. I felt handcuffed. As I told several people corset. throughout Thursday and Friday, look, the one corset meta sucks. The one corset game kind of sucks. Yeah. From it's a tournament just, it's perspective, inconsistent. it's, it's inconsistent. Problem. If you're doing just the 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 demo decks that they talk about in in the Learn to Play guide, there it's fine. It's it's a it's a pretty good game. Mm -hmm. If you want to play with those small decks or whatever, but trying to do it competitively with a thirty thirty deck, it sucks. It's yep. not a good it's not a good tournament. And when your champion goes away, the that's your only gone. copy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would I would bring this in actually. I've been 
organizing a few demo games with people. Uh, I'm going to say that people, if you have access to two cores to demo with, number one, I think the Lion Crane combo, in terms of teaching mechanics, is perfectly fine, but this is the Netrunner problem. It's not actually good to teach people or encourage people to play the game. We've settled on a two core dragon and a two core lion deck. Okay. With a little bit of tweaking of extra neutrals, and that seems to play out very nicely. All right. Um, the problem we found with Crane versus Lion is both of them have an obvious weakness. So they both get stabbed in the back, basically. Right, so right. Or, or rather, they hold off the other per person's weakness and then get countered themselves and go nowhere. They're the alternative universe to the other, right? Yeah. Dragon so. and Lion at least have the ability to dance around each other, overpower, and actually get something played. Right, right. So right, right. Yeah, that would so be my recommendation. So just buy two core sets. You know, you'll, get, uh, you'll be able to build a 40-40 card legal decks, two of them. I, I have a uh, Crab Scorpion and a Lion Unicorn deck that I built out of them. And they're perfectly legal. They had enough provinces and everything for it. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to play competitively, if you you know if you're going <laughs> to, you really need you need three of really you need three cores. You want to have three of your champion, three of your way of card, three of you know the the really core cards, whatever your clan is, because you need that consistency. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's worth mentioning those are going to be evergreens too. So the long term, they will be things that people yeah. will be wanting, yeah. expecting to play with. So now, now they're you know. If you're gonna play, com if you think you're gonna play competitively, but you're not sure, and that extra forty bucks is is it, it seems kind of wasteful, then you can go with two cores and do a slow burn growth on your card pool. Now you're gonna give up, right. like Doug said, you're gonna give up the three of way cards, you're gonna give up maybe the three of champion cards. Now, we know that the launch program stuff and the way of cards there are will be promos. Possible, there are pro yes. promos available, so you might be able to get those that another way. Mm -hmm. Heck, you could trade with somebody who doesn't have or has three promos, but is never going to play, you know, Crane or Crab or whatever clan you're playing. And maybe you can just get them from those people. Because one thing that is really different, and we've mentioned this on previous casts, one thing that is really different with LCGs versus CCGs is that I, I buy my third core set, the cards over six. Because I want to keep two decks, right? So cards over six, I don't care. They have zero value. Mm -hmm. So if I want to use them for, if I think I'm going to use them for decks, maybe I keep them. But if somebody else wants neutral Spoon Guardsmen or Mia Mystics or God knows why, <laughs> but Wandering Ronin, you know, <laughs> hey, they, they, here, here, have my Wandering Ronin. I'm not going to use them. Go for it. I'll, I'll keep a set of three and you can have the rest. So there are, Cards don't have the value that they do in CCGs. And I know that this community was rich, had a rich tradition of trading clans for clans. And that's mm -hmm. wonderful because yeah. that's something that will happen no reason, in this. No reason not to do that now. You've got yeah. your core set, you're playing crab, you well, know what right. your allies are. But yeah. if you're really strict on a budget, that is one way to do it is, you know, have friends each buy a core and then you pick clans and then their clan loyalty is still there. That. That is the option oh, yeah. for people that, right. that really can't afford it, but it's still cheaper than any CCG buy-in. And that, you know, yeah. people, I've seen that on social media. People are really like, wait, it, that, that's it? We buy the three and we're done. We pay about the cost that's of a box of boosters and we have every card currently legal to play? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> it's a bargain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and, and like we've said, you don't have to buy the third one right away. You can, you can start with one. Wait a month or two, buy a second one. Wait a month or two, buy a third. However you want to do it. Yeah. Buy mm -hmm. two right away, hold off for two, three months, buy the third one. But I think if you are playing competitively long term, you're going to want that third core set. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I would um, put a little um, addendum in there, which is the one core 
having played a heck of a lot of it now, um, is honestly <laughs> a good, a, a interesting demo. Do not judge the game until you play two. And that, two is, that is where the game actually two starts. Two cores, you mean? Two core sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and two cores is, that is different than three cores. Uh, one thing that we've been doing, I've been doing lately, is I only have two core sets. I came out of Gen Con with two. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I, so my two decks are two core only. Jason, though, has uh, proxied a few cards <laughs> and has been playing three core set uh, decks against me. The two core set decks are handicapped against the three core set decks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but they hold their own as well. I would say they they, yeah. they do, but it's hard to win a game with a two core set deck versus a three core set deck. Agreed. Yeah. That's really kind of I, I felt really handcuffed during that one core set mm-hmm. tournament. Oh, yeah. it was it was it was fun. It was That's a the whole main different challenge. That I heard. Yeah. Yeah. As a yeah. judge of both days, the main complaint that I heard was. You know, one core set blows because it's so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence the reason that Dragon turned out so well with it, because it's consistency yeah. personified. Yeah. <laughs> and now, if you haven't tried it yet, like we said, we advise trying to experience it with two core sets, mm-hmm. and that gives you a much, clo- much closer approximation to what this game can fully can be. Um, now, as a result, I think, of the amazing reception that our clan episodes got uh, guys I, we were tickled pink that i'm blown so away. many people not tickled uh, pink i'm blown away. <laughs> <laughs> this episode should be called it's over four thousand because i yeah. happen to know that numbers yeah. not, yeah. not massively it was, inaccurate it was, it was 4600 on the way on the drive Holy up here crap yeah. so <laughs> our our clan uh, apparently we 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 hit a chord we struck a chord with our clan episodes and and well there's been been a great deal of discussion online about whether we were right or whether we were wrong and we, <laughs> we kept we, saying we, we, we were to. not right we yeah. kept telling you where our opinions are those this is what we're highly likely us. to be wrong we couldn't ag- we couldn't agree <laughs> in the same darn episode guys no no that's true make your own meta right uh, try these cards play them yourselves and and as a matter of fact i'm sitting here we we played games against people on wednesday and I was asking, you know, people like, okay, so what do you do with that card? And I learned some things from players who've been playing the game for three weeks. Oh, yeah. And no. so, so the game is still so deep and so discoverable. We are not by any means. We, we had some experience. We wanted to share that with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the games we're so that glad that you Gen received Con, it so, li- so like well. The demos that I did, the games that I saw as I was judging, they've changed my perception of some cards. Oh yeah, without any doubt. So oh, yeah, even, absolutely. even though we were playtesters, mm-hmm. and and had certain views of the cards based on you know, on that experience, exper- yep. yeah, that experience, you know, there there's still room for us to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I there are things that that it's like, wow, I never thought of that combination. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, most cool. most most recent thing for me is my current choice of um, scorpion um, ally, which I'm not going to mention here. See if you can figure it out because yeah. it wasn't one I previously thought of. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say as well, I had a good few people both in the cafe and the regular listeners go. Um, Neutrals version of the um, class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. We, 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 we yeah, will, we, we have some. Has, yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So. Yeah. Now, having said that, we had some listener questions already that came out of those clan episodes, some? and then we some? and then I <laughs> I opened up the floodgates, and now we have a lot. So we're going to cover these avalanche. So, yeah, and is the term you're looking for <laughs> again? Thank you so much. It's it's a it's an honor to be oh, it's uh, awesome. asked these things, and to Crazy. have people um, and you know want what? to know what we know what well, I want to not know what we think. Not just we don't know we don't know what we know anything. I, I want to say you know. Based on what the discussions that I saw on like Reddit and Discord and things like that, and the questions that we've got, thank you everyone for listening, really, and thank you for your questions. 
It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So getting on. Kakita Jake on BGG. He was one of the first ones. He says, what's the best way to bring in newbies, board gamers, RPGers, and non-gamers to this game? My industry would love to know. Yeah. A difficult question, to be fair. A, a good point, a good, a good thing to twitch that into a little bit, as it were, is um, how do you demo and present this game? Mm. Right. Um, first, of, first of all, make it clear what it is. It's a complex game. It's lengthy. To board gamers, I use the term a Euro game. It's a Euro gaming card form. I've been saying that for a long time now. Yep. Um, make it clear what it is. Not what, also make it clear what it isn't. Make it clear how they're how they're going to need to play the game. It really depends. If I mean, in the cafe here, we have a lot of um, a lot of what we call bystander syndrome. People pass by and go, "Hey, that looks cool." Well, fortunately, L5R looks astounding in its current in incarnation. Not they didn't before, but visually now it is amazing. So get it on the table, get it out for people to see. You know, whatever you've got to do that with, I would say. And as Carl already kind of answered this with demoing a dragon versus lion, two yep. core decks. Nice and right? solid. Nice and solid. Those are good things. And Kikita Jake is apparently a local to Colorado because yep. he asked if we're going to be a part of a release party at Total Escape or somewhere else that's hopefully closer to civilization than for I Collins. noticed that. I'll remember, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember you. And we'll say, we'll say yes. There's, as we mentioned before, there are going to be uh, various launch parties across Colorado. He then asks, how much does Canada weigh? I would say a buck oh five soaking wet because Canada is just that cool. Poutine. And that's my response. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to listen to the crickets for a moment and go, okay. How much does Canada weigh? <laughs> I'm going to say um, African or Mediterranean in response. <laughs> so he asked also about <laughs> L5R. Jason, sorry. L5R RPG thoughts. Which edition did you like and what would you like to see out of the new one? If, assuming there is one course well i guess that's mostly i guess aimed at me uh first edition i love the first edition it slowly went downhill after that with each edition okay. i never played fourth edition i've heard it's very good that it was a return to form in many ways but first edition was it for me and i got out of it at third and so because i was you know disenchanted what do i think is what would i like to see well you know i think we've already got the we've already got the storyline reset so that's cool. I would like to see, you know, the the seven clans represented nicely with in much the same way that they were represented in the first edition. You've got, you know, the different schools for each of the different families. You got a a a, a Bushido school, you know, a, a swordsman school, a Shugenja school, and possibly one other school that's something, you know, sort of clan specific like the scout school for the Haruma in the Crab Clan, things like that. Just I would just like to see a nice clean presentation. With a lot of that good art that's already in the card game, maybe some new art. Perhaps see um, the newer versions of the RPG um, exploring the narrative situation we currently have. Oh, yes. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so let's go around the house here on this next one. Oh, sweet Lady Amaterasu, I hope they don't dot, dot, dot. What, what is the thing you don't want to see out of the RP uh, not the RPG, the LCG? I'll start. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Since there's silence. Uh, as I've said before, dear sweet Amaterasu, please don't let the Crab Clan ally with the Shadowlands. All right. That's <laughs> a good one. Oh, that's, uh, that's an easy one, actually. The coup. No. No to the coup. No huh? to the coup. All right. All right. Jason, you're a, you're, you're a longtime player, too. What happens? Guessing something, something, Naga, something, something. <laughs> and uh, as my friends back in Illinois will... 
be uh, expecting that is correct. You're right. I would hope that they uh, bring back the Naga, but don't put him back to sleep. <laughs> ah, all right, all right. And that could um, be interesting if they don't. And for the non-narrative choice, yeah, the, this is completely business kind of decision kind of thing. I hope they don't release two or three faction core sets or deluxe expansions. I hope they release deluxe expansions that are either single clan or they are everyone. Diverse. So they, you want to see? Don't do, they don't do like a scorpion crane. More like conquest. Do a, you, you don't want to see a, a, like the netrunner style deluxes. You want to see more like the throne Correct. style deluxes. Yeah. Mini, Absolutely. Mini cores. Mini cores. Or the or the conquest ones. Like they release tyranids and necrons, and then they have a smattering of other cards. And then yeah. we were going to get orcs. <laughs> yeah. 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 We were going to get orcs. Right. <laughs> now. Now. But yeah. Could have been. Could have been. So <laughs> that's that's what I hope they don't do. I hope they don't release uh, du- dual core set. Dual core deluxes. Dual right. core deluxes. What the heck is that? Dual deluxes. Dual Ugh. clan deluxes. <laughs> All right. Du- so du- it's like saying black-white expansions. <laughs> du- dual, dual core deluxes. They, they, they cross thread very well, but the main speed is not Man, great. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Eric Moving on. on. Eric on Reddit. Uh, he asks how we did at the Kikumatsuri. Well, Carl I went... went I went 3-2 at the Kikumatsuri. I had one blowout game in which the cards did not align, and I had one extremely good loss that could have gone either way. But otherwise, I'm quite delighted, and I got Very my cool. stronghold. Very cool. Uh, I think we already answered the question. Did Are there any Hatamotos in the group? No. Hopefully at Worlds. The the closest we got, I, I, was, I did collect two Hatamoto wins, pins, the smaller mm-hmm. pins. You have to make sure that you wear those pins at Worlds. I, yeah, I will. I have them on my, on my uh, Your lanyard. Gen Con lanyard still. So what do you guys, he also asked them, uh, an interesting question. What do you guys think of th- will be the gameplay mechanic outcome of the story decision at Gen Con, which is that Meishoto is still there? A Meishoto-related card or two in most factions later on? Maybe one in the neutral area? Right. Like, like, I, like I, was, I was speculating on this before the the decision because i assumed they were going to outlaw the thing so i was like okay so that means <laughs> that if they outlaw it then mishoto cards are more powerful but they're more expensive right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now do our mishoto cards like maybe somehow tied to unicorn or maybe they're imperial or, or you neutral start cards. cards that have you know Meishoto properties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. could be could be could be utilizing the influence mechanic. Yeah, you know, certain unicorn cards are less expensive now. We but we won't know what the, the end other of this side either. of that. So was. we don't like at this point there may be there may be game outcomes of it. There might not be because this may not be the end of the story. Right now, the the imperial family and the emperor is going to be learning what Meishoto is. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that later on there might not be something where the, the Emperor decides later on to outlaw Meishoto. That's right. a very good point. We're not at the turning point of the decision. This is simply which path we end up on that leads to a result. Right. This is a continuation. So, so yeah. Right. So maybe so maybe there's a, a Meishoto cards are less expensive to play for if you have Imperial cards in play. Because the Spoon Guardsman, I think, is Imperial. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the crudier is yep. as well. Yeah, so yeah. there's so there's already imperial as traits. We could also see maybe a role that has something to do with Meishoto. Ooh, Ooh. A neutral, a neutral role. Ooh. Oh, that's Ooh. a good idea. Perhaps, yeah. it, perhaps now a unicorn one where before it might have been a phoenix one messing that around. That was with a things. very yeah. special touch to a very special place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, and Barry Wordle. Barry Wordle asks, been watching a few videos from Gen Con. When a card is honored, would it not be easier to place an honor token upon the card instead of the FFG honored plaque? 
Then just move the token straight from the card to honor pull once it leaves play. I'm going to steal this one. Okay. First of all, the if you have had a proper look at the um, honored dishonored plaque, um, the way I utilize it is as a title. So it becomes a suffix. So you have an honored Niten master or a honored um, sinister Soshi for some reason. You know, things like that. Um, and I quite like that personally. An honored sinister Soshi? That doesn't make any sense. Not likely. Okay. Not likely. <laughs> um, but um, I would point out that... Uh, I, a lot of people tend to just throw them on there, um, and you know, throw them over the car- over the character artwork. Card art, yeah, because that's what the I least, do. Yeah, because it's the least um, impactful part of the card. It's to use a local term to me: swings and roundabouts. Six of one, half a dozen another. However, you're marking it, I wouldn't panic too much. They are not particularly slow. Right. Now, now, the interesting part is, I asked Brad about, you know, how did they come up with the design for these, and they said, well, we kind of wanted to throw them under the card. But we kind of want to throw them on top of the card. But in the end, we decided that there were different sizes speculated and so on and so forth, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, if you put the honored card in the top of the sleeve that the character card appears in, it slides right in there, right above the Unless character. Unless you have the card it itself, the, the little plaque itself sleeve with the little... Yeah, and unless you sleeves. do that, yeah, well, true. you shouldn't need to. Those aren't shuffled, so... Yeah. yeah. I sleeve them because I want them to last. <laughs> well, yeah, but still. So... But, yeah. That, so that was from Barry Wordle, a, a uh, frequent, and and he's a podcaster too. He has he's going to be there, there. He's part of that L Fiverr podcast that is active on Facebook. Hopefully they'll get started here soon. Awesome. Good luck to Barry. R two D R two D V on Reddit. He says thoughts on alternate versions of roll cards are there are still all the keeper and seeker of each element, but with different aspects to add more choices in deck building. You could. Choose between a corrupted version of a roll of a of a seeker or keeper, or a version that draws you cards or gives you plus one to your total conflicts in that <coughs> ring, so stuff like that. So the, the, there's one thing that I uh, that I Jason learned Day, from uh, <laughs> looking at the C- some of the CCG cards. Yeah, uh, they they in the CCG they had the Enlightenment victory where you, if you've got all five of the, the ring cards out, you won the game. They had different versions of those. They had like the the false ring of air and the dark ring of air and the you know whatever else you know ring of air and he did that did that for each one of the elements. So you could have the corrupted seeker of a fire or something like that. Yeah, well, you know. we could be looking at a narrative choice right there. If if we do end up exploring the Shadowlands as much, then the particular faction ends up with you may now use the corrupted version of that seeker right. keeper. So you could, right. you could have alternate versions of this keeper and seeker rules. There and th- there are there's plenty of open space for all sorts of things that you could do with you know with roll cards. It doesn't have to be keeper and seeker of something. It could be, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we have enough examples. You know, like I mentioned, like games. I mentioned, you know, like a, a keeper and seeker that or uh, a role that has to do with Meishoto. You know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. It's it's there's. That's got all all kinds of debt building and narrative possibilities. Well, right maybe there. there's an imperial role. In the Imperial Cycle. So, this is this is one of those random little thoughts. Only just recently, since the um, outcome art, um, story for the Kiku Matsuri stuff, where they started looking at the Seppun and the Hante as separate families, I've been very interested in the idea of an Imperial role or ID, actually. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Cool. One thing that they could do is they could also do a unique role within the organized play system, have Emerald Champion be a roll card, and Emerald only Champion. one person yeah. gets it. That could be intriguing. Maybe even with a requirement to play the particular character. Yeah, you know, an emerald champion that says you must include shows you randomly in your deck. It should be in every deck. Well, true, but yeah, intriguing. Would you like Should one that you forces, would you like one that requires you to put um, um, Altasanai <laughs> in your deck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Zuriel on BGG asks tips on how to keep all the rules in one one's head at the same time. 
Okay, as someone who spent the weekend, like Gen Con weekend judging, give up. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It it will take time. It will yeah. take time, repetition. You'll have to you'll you'll you know, with each play gameplay experience, you'll internalize mm-hmm. one, two, three rules. You know, and it'll be uh, diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. As you as you play the early games, you'll retain more rules. But as you play more games, you'll retain one or two rules. If you're lucky, a game. And just play, interact, play with as many different people as possible because they okay. will have a different approach to the rules. Yeah, they play, will play, have, play, play is definitely the way to learn the rules. Yeah. And even then, like we we as playtesters have been you know, dealing with this game for quite a while. I, as a, as a judge at Gen Con... Screwed up the rules, yeah. so they're complex. Th- it is complex. You know, you're not. It's not gonna. You're not gonna learn it in a weekend, or even in a month necessarily. It's gonna take a while. So just keep playing, keep the rules handy, keep you know your tablet handy with the rules reference or something like that, mm-hmm. and just don't sweat learning the rules pat while you're trying to you know play this game. Yeah, yeah. as someone who plays a lot of games, card game, board game, miniatures, so and so, and teaches and helps people with them, one of my personal tricks is structure. I mean, I've said this in a lot of card games. Netrunner and, and um, Conquest both benefit and benefited, benefited from it. Don't skip over things. Take your time, work through, make it clear where yeah. you are. It will make your life a lot easier. And as Doug said, uh, don't be afraid to look it up. I tend There's a couple of guys I play with where we don't look at rules. We don't worry about it. But as a couple, um, if I'm playing someone I don't know, I'll say to them, you know, if we have a problem, do you want to reference this? Decide beforehand, you know? Also yeah. talk it out. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawlers on Reddit asks, is there a Clavex Warrior type card in the core set? Altogether now? <laughs> no. Clavex <laughs> uh, Warrior was a card in Conquest. For those of you who didn't play that game, it was something that unfortunately slipped through the playtesting. And it was not in the core set of Conquest. It was in an expansion pack. But it was a, a very, very powerful, undercosted card. And... With a unique effect. Uh, within a unique effect that, that could just be used got at rid of. Any time. Imagine, imagine a card that says, "Oh, if your champion, if if your opponent has their champion in play with one fate on it, play this card for three fate and kill that champion outright. Just nothing they could do. Bamo. Just and then they have that character that can then attack you with. Yeah, and then they can, and then they, and then that character comes in into the conflict on your side with the stats that you're. Uh, that's kind of the OP that we're talking about, and a good keyword. So, we, yeah, the, the, the core set itself is very balanced. Yes, the the and uh, you know, generally speaking, Fantasy Flight is pretty good about you know the core sets of every one of their LCGs being balanced. Where the where the problems start to creep in is two or three cycles down the road. Where not all, where you've got a, a, a sizable card pool where something slips through playtest or you know some interaction isn't found, like with Saphir in Netrunner, apparently no one really thought about the combination with Parasite. Yeah, that's, we actually we've actually had interviews talking about that, saying they simply simply hadn't brought it to mind, yeah. which is it can happen. Unfortunately. Now, it, now yeah. because Parasite is a core set card, you'd think they would have tested it, but it never came up. They were right. focusing right. it. Right. Yeah. Play, you know, playtest. You can't test everything. Yeah. As a professional tester, <laughs> you can't test everything. Yep. Hardware, software, card games, whatever. You can't test everything. To summarize, there is no card in the core set that made me go, what? So no, there right, is no right, right. Dunganson on Reddit says, I'd love to hear you guys' speculation on what features each clan is most likely to get support for and how that might influence the future meta. Wow. Dunganson, I would love to answer this question, uh, but we're going to keep that. 
we're gonna we're I would like to say let's table that and have a richer discussion later on. Yeah, Robin. This is short a ma- this is a this is a rich question. Going over that. Yeah. And, okay, and, we and could spend few. three episodes going yeah, over yeah. that yeah. question. Yeah. So Duncan said we're gonna keep yours in line. We're gonna give you credit when you do answer it. Matthew R on BB, BGG. Uh, Matthew R on BGG. There's been a lot of concern about tournament round lengths and tiebreaker rules. I think that's been mostly informed by the Gen Con tournament and the matches. And and we and you asks can you guys talk about the current tiebreaker rules and if you think they are a good approach we talked about that a bit earlier that's a, it's a good start it's a start but they yeah. have to they have to get better yeah there are kinks to be worked out you know it, they will get better we we haven't seen the best of yet and there are the it's just going to take some time a couple more tournaments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. worlds is going to be better there are still going to be logistical problems at worlds because when you ever you get you know hundreds of people in a room together shit gets real yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, there, there's going to be problems. It, it'll be it'll be smoother at Worlds, and you know at regionals in 2018 it'll be even smoother, and at Worlds 2018 it'll be even smoother. So just just give it time. Yep. It, here's a thought for you: an L5R tournament could be defined as trying to organize a group of people who can't even decide on which clan to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zen thoughts by Carl. Yeah. Can you? He he also asked us if we can talk about a preferred format for L5R organized play. I I think if you're talking about the kind of store championship, regional, national championship, North American championship kind of structure that they have for their other LCGs, that's perfectly acceptable. I think Kotai's are are a good add on to that. If that's the structure you're talking about, I'm not sure exactly what. You're well, getting to th- with that OP. I think one of the discussions we've had is we know that um, Kotai's and Grand Kotai's will be where the Hatamoto stuff matters, where the ranking, where all that thing goes from. We've had speculated where that will sit in the current LCG structure. Right now, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, our feeling is probably more like regional and larger. Regional we know Kotai, that Worlds is going to be equivalent to Winter Court, and that's about as far as we know as like name yeah. tournaments go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then he asks, he says that he likes the one game per week type league play that the BCL League, which is a Conquest online league, did for Conquest. And the Disco League that it's currently doing for L5R, it allows for more relaxed atmosphere and less of a need for the tiebreaker rules because you can play online and you don't have time as a uh, or something over hanging over your head. For those you of you who don't know, play. the Disco League is on Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was hoping that FFGOP support would have some sort of support for league play. They do. They will. I fully expect game night kits yeah, to be G&K, available. GNKs, yeah. th- all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so all you have to do is talk to your local store, have them order a GNK. Game night kits don't have to be for a tournament, although we use them We use them for a, the Total Escape. We, use one, we usually get two game night kits for the game. For any game we're doing, we have one to to offer up as league prize support, and then we have one to offer up as a monthly or bi-monthly tournament prize support. Yeah. So you can do those things. Three out of four of the people at this table know perfectly well that in every GNK it is, here are various ways you could use this, and tournament is one of the listed methods. Right, mm-hmm. so. exactly. Lastly but not least, Mowgli. Holy moly, Mowgli on Reddit. Mowgli1022. <laughs> He has that the a plethora of questions? of questions. Yeah, that might be the number of questions. Number of characters. I so think it might be because he's a fan <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Ruger firearms, actually. <laughs> um, love has a 1022 model uh, rifle. Oh, yes. Love the clan review podcast. For, really got me thinking about what clan to go with and what to splash. I have several questions for us. So he's played a couple games with his local ANR group. One thing we found a little odd was that most conflict rounds never got beyond one ring each. It was probably just overcommitting, but 
in our balance, how in our experience, how many rings are typically claimed per round? So each phase, the conflict phase, rather this during the conflict, yeah. yes. So usually, first round, what what I've found is is that there's uh, one, maybe two. Yeah. First round. Yeah. Other rounds beyond that, I've seen four out of five go. Yep. Oh heck yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, but I would say a good average after the first is three. Yeah. Yeah. That you put that you put fate on two. On two rings. Yeah, we won't. See, I don't think I've really ever seen, except for maybe sometimes first round, just one ring get claimed. Yeah. E- either someone will claim two, or there'll be one. E- each opponent will claim one, or someone will claim two. So the other player will claim one. It. it there's a mix. Uh, you, you're quite right, but the Scorpion player who over here goes, "No, I can think of that because I have the best opportunity to screw up people's plans." Right, 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 right. I've, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jason's eyeing me. You know, when I get my third core, <laughs> my crab versus your scorpion. Oh yeah. Oh, that'll be. It. <laughs> I'll see in five uh, hours. Yeah. I'll, Jason and I'll go get, see you go tomorrow. Watch, yeah. Go watch uh, Titanic yeah. like three times. <laughs> and we'll come back. We'll mention as well that um, the whole three to four rings one, the four ring for me was almost always just before um, Stronghold Break Turn. Yeah. It, yeah. Or on Stronghold yeah. Break Turn. It was the, yeah. well, here we go. Let's everybody has the build up. They have. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. early game, you'll see the fewest number of rings claimed. Late game, you'll see the most number of rings. Mm-hmm. The most um, likely situation in which that happened for me was people um, just giving up on a conflict because they had to respond, which was the most often reason for you just simply getting a free ring. Right. And, and don't forget, sometimes it is strategic to not defend, to take the honor loss for undefended. Oh, yeah. That can be strategic. That can allow you to come back stronger the next round and and dominate the game. The next conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The time, yeah. All right. Now, as many of you have probably noticed, this is the single longest episode we've ever recorded for this podcast that when we're looking at episode 12. So we're going to, Mowgli, you have three or four questions here that we, that are larger than life questions, similar to the ones, similar to the ones asked by Dunkinson, which are, could, is there any way we could break down all the action windows in depth? Yes, we can do that. We'll talk. We'll spend some time doing that in a, on a future cast. Definitely. You also ask about a tips and tricks episode, and we will definitely do that. And then you also just talk about general tips and tricks around playstyles of each clan, and we'll do that when we. That's kind of the same here and there. The, you do have a couple rules questions, so we can I think quickly answer those. If a card ability changes the conflict type of that conflict, do other card abilities that that roll off the conflict type? Resolve following the originally declared conflict type or the current one. It's always the current one. Yep. Yeah. So if a political conflict gets changed to a military, you can't play political conflict cards. Now let's bring in a strong clarification here. You specifically mentioned off resolving that conflict type. Now, in that case, yes, plainly. You've changed it to military, then you're now resolving a military. Anything that's based on what you declare does not change Correct. because you declared something Correct. else. Correct. Um, are keeper and secret rules optional? Can you or can you include them if you deck if you like? Yes, they are optional. OP says that if you play with a role, you must play with the one chosen by your clan. But if you don't play with a role, you don't have to play with a role. That's just the way you roll. Yep. Yeah, the, at first they were they listed it as mandatory for OP, but I believe that they are going to allow you to just forego the role. Yes. Reason, reasonable balancing balance yep. decision. Yeah. And then lastly, you, you ask, L5R cards I've seen don't seem to be as explicit as A&R cards regarding ignoring or paying all costs. Is it your experience that any card ability that allows you to play characters from hand or from discard pile are applied ignoring all costs? So this is where the language of L5R, if you put it into play, then you're not paying anything. Mm-hmm. 
if you have to play it, then you have to pay it. Yep, and that's it's implicit in the rules reference. So quite clear. Yeah, yep. yeah, refer to the rules RRG. If you put it into play, you don't have to pay the costs. If you play it, you do have to pay the costs. Mm-hmm. And so one thing adds to that too: if like sure. if you bring a character into play, you can't add fate to them either. Correct. So if you charge somebody in. Yes. You're not if, playing if them. you play them and pay the c- and pay the fate cost, you can put extra fate on them. Correct. Correct. If you if you cheat them into play, no. you, you do not get that play. Yep. Right. All right. Thank you, folks. This has been the single longest episode after the what I I would uh, just humbly say thank you for the the response that we've gotten on our clan review episodes, both we positive and negative. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Keep yeah. listening. Yeah. 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 And yeah we by all means, we're not right. <laughs> we just have microphones in front of us. Right. <laughs> as the discussion over Tobin Born Lopez 2017. <laughs> as the discussion over Born and War shows us, yeah. Yeah. we're not always right. Nope. Right. Oh yeah. We do make mistakes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know, Born and War, we didn't have the card in front of us. I just remember that being really powerful in Unicorn. Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, totally. I, but the obviously, thing. if you play yeah. with an ally, you have to play uh, cavalry or um, favored mount. Favored mount. Yep. Yes, thank mm. you. Yep. I would throw in another point as well. After three, four days of travel, gameplay, brand new game. Meeting fantastic people, seeing all the crazy stuff at Gen Con, we all got home, and the first thing we talked about when it hit us was, holy cow, everyone's talking about us. And what I'm trying to get across is, at that point, that was the thing that was astounding to us, was everyone was like, holy cow, we really like your stuff, we're making a lot of noise, we're getting all these hits, and it was awesome. It was easily the best part of that weekend, was like, look at how much noise people are putting forth for us, so thank you. Yes, yes. Now, on the heels of that, I have one very uh, special announcement. We are going to host an event during Worlds at Joe Sensors. It's going to be titled Smokes, Tokes, and Rokugan. So following a tradition that was started with Conquest podcast, uh, First Planet podcast, where they did cigars, beers, and planeteers, at Joe Sensors, we are going to have Smokes, Tokes, and Rokugan on Thursday night uh, of world so i think it's thursday november 2nd and so more on that to come but you can pencil that in for thursday night between day 1a and day 1b thanks for listening folks if you would like to join the discussion have ideas for future episodes feedback or questions you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com via Twitter at Art of Warcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comments section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugani find us. Thanks for listening, and remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. Yeah. Sorry. That word. I'm a Tarasu. Thank you, but doesn't matter. I've been trying for weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like...